0: This is Marshall Fant with GFA's podcast, research So glad to have some special guests with us here today. Uh, first, Dr. Jack Mitchell and his wife, Jennifer, and then also my wife, Gretchen. So Gretchen, welcome. Thank you. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. Jack, great to see you again. Glad yeah. to have you it's with great us. Great to be here. The reason I want to interview uh, Jack and Jennifer and have Gretchen talk to Jennifer about one aspect of the women's side of, of marriage and ministry It's because when I think of the Mitchells, I think of the ability for us to, there's a great theology of rest in Scripture, R-E-S-T, that we can rest in the timing of God and the power of God. And really, it's the next biblical step of faith we need to take as believers in ministry. And when I think of the Mitchells' life and Jack and Jennifer travel the world ministering in closed countries, open countries, just reaching people for Christ through the way God has equipped them. I just want you to hear this story. And so, Gretchen, if you would talk to Jennifer about uh, the aspect of the wife and with a husband who may not know Christ.
1: Yes, Jennifer, uh, how about tell us what it was like for you during those early days when, from what I understand, you believed that your husband was a Christian when you married him, but then it became quite evident afterwards that he did not believe. And so here you were living with an unbelieving husband. Tell me some of the things uh, that happened there and what uh, that was like.
2: It was a hard time for for both of us, really, but... A very confusing time for me because I did marry him believing that he was a Christian man and yet some things began to happen that I did not think would line up with the testimony of a Christian man. And One was that he he did not want to read the Bible. That was confusing to me because as a new Christian I couldn't get enough of the Bible. I just wanted to read all the time and he, he didn't have an interest in that. I kind of thought, well, maybe, you know, he's never been a reader. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe women like to read more than men. You know, I Mm -hmm. tried to go through all that. Did not want to go to church. And so probably it was about a year later that I realized Mm -hmm. he's probably not saved. And I think that thought had come to me a number of times, but I had just pushed it out of my mind because it was was too scary of a thought to think Mm -hmm. about. I didn't know anyone whose husband was not saved.
0: Can I ask a question for you? Yes.
3: So how old were you and how old were you, Jack, at this point? Well, I was 24 when we got married, so my wife was a l- little younger than so that. So were you 22. through dental school? I was through dental school. I had, well, I, actually when we got married, um, I was still in dental school. Yeah. Okay. But when the problems began, I had just finished school. Okay.
1: Okay, so how did you handle that? and what did, what did you do? Well, I
2: tried to encourage him at first to read the Bible, to maybe come to church, and kind of hit hit a brick wall there and thought, okay, that's not going well. So um, I wasn't quite sure what to do, and we had a, a child at that time, so that was a concern for me too. Where is this going? His family was strongly Catholic. They had put a lot of pressure on us to have our daughter baptized. And we had quarreled over that because I did not want that to happen. He couldn't understand why that was a problem. And his family was really pushing that that would happen. And it did end up happening, which was really difficult for me. So when children come into the picture, the difficulties just were multiplied. and. You know decisions that might not have been such a big deal now that you're making them over a child they became a big deal right and and every day you were making decisions and because uh, we did not have the same mind in Christ he always looked at things differently than I did I looked at things differently than he did so each decision was an area of conflict okay and so,
1: so when did things start to change when did you notice that things were changing or what happened? Well, it was interesting that I didn't
2: really notice that things were changing, but I think the change had come in me. For 13 years, I had prayed you know, desperately for God to save my husband and give my kids a Christian father and all of that. I was concerned for his salvation. I was concerned for our family. And finally, it began to dawn on me that maybe it was not gonna be God's will for him to ever be saved, that maybe my role would be to glorify the Lord by, by being as content as I possibly could be in the Lord, finding my joy in the Lord instead of seeing this happen, this thing that I had been so desperately wanting. So I just kind of gave that to the Lord and said, if, if that's what you would have for me, to be content in you, I can do that I know I can do that because I had grown in my relationship with God and I said whatever your will is in this Lord and actually probably was not more than six months after that that he came to me because of a lot of difficulties and he'll probably go into that in his testimony and asked me what does your faith teach tell me what you believe tell me what the Bible says
0: so you were praying for how many years 13 and a half all right so jack what brought you to ask her the question of uh, how'd the question go jennifer again something like
2: show me in the bible something about what you believe
3: okay well my wife uh, along the way she tried to share the gospel with me a number of times and i had no interest in even listening And at this time, you're
0: a professional dentist, I mean, you're practicing,
3: you're building all that, right? Right. I had graduated school, dental school in 1975. We were married in 74 and uh, started my business right away, 75, and was very successful early on. And basically pouring my life Mm -hmm. into that. As time went on, my wife had a, a ministry to our children. Our daughter and our son and they were saved at a, at a young age and I found myself not just living with one born-again <laughs> believer but three that was terrible. <laughs> a very very awkward situation very difficult my wife had been praying before our son was born that God would direct her to a good church and also that we would be able to Find a a bigger place to live. We were living in a one-bedroom apartment and already had one child and one on the way. So God directed us. I can say that now that it was God at the time. (laughs) I didn't think so, but God directed us to the home we live in today. And six months after we moved in there, they built the church that my wife had been praying for only like three houses away. So. My wife uh, started attending there with the children, and she was really growing in her faith. And it you was, could see that in her life. I could see it in her yeah. life, and I was going to say it was good for her, but it was not good for our marriage because she she was more dedicated to, to what she believed. Yeah. I think it strengthened her faith and uh, made a bigger difference between us. Mm. But. It was also something that was obvious to me, that she was living her faith. Mm-hmm. And no matter the difficulty she was under, she was, I can say it again now, looking back, she was trusting God to work in the situation. And that brought you to Christ? Well, that was one of the things okay. God used. Now, mm-hmm. it had been almost 14 years, and I was in practice for 12 years, and I was in the process then of joining in partnership with another dentist. Our goal was to you know, join our practices together and make more money, essentially, uh, bottom line. And uh, so I was involved with that and spending a lot of money uh, to do that. We purchased the building, renovating the building, and so on. At the same time I was involved in that, a woman who had been an employee of mine was out of work for about a year with a back problem. She came to the conclusion that her problem was was my fault and she was actually suing me for nine million dollars wow blaming me for her now wait, have you
0: come to christ at this point
3: or all this is part of what's this leading is, you to this come is to christ. leading this got is it, leading right. up so and, you got uh, a praying wife and a suing ex-employee that's right and she was <laughs> suing me for nine million dollars and blaming me for her children's drug problems and her marriage problems and so on so those two things were really consuming my Mind at that time that I was spending all this money. I was being sued for all this money and the lawsuit was continuing Even though she made up the story But the thing that really caused me to start to think was that I knew the difficulties in the home I mean it was obvious that there were problems there and I started to think There's a possibility. I could lose my family here Mm -hmm. and if I did it would be my fault because I was not um, very kind, and so that's the thing that started to worry me, and I didn't know what to do. So these three things were going on, and I, I came to the point in my life where almost—I don't say this in a prideful way, although it is pride—that uh, for the first time I felt like I didn't know the answers. I didn't know what to do. I mean. My life was kind of lined up. I went to college. I I got into dental school. I graduated dental school. I had a successful business. Everything was going okay except for this. And so I didn't know what to do. But as I said, I was observing my wife, and she was living for the Lord in a very difficult situation. Um, I, I will say this just kind of to back up a little bit. There were two things that affected Uh, later my salvation one is that I believed as Roman Catholic I believed that the Bible was true although I never read it I believed it was true and I also didn't want to have anything to do with born-again Christians Hmm. now I was living with three of them so that's kind of difficult (laughs) so anyway I I came to my wife as she said and I said you know could you just share some things in the Bible that talk about what you believe she had a list of about 200 verses (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I don't know how long she'd been carrying that around, but she pulled out that list, and I can only remember reading one verse. Now I, I probably read more than one, but it was John three three: hmm. "Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." And it was like a knife in my heart because I believed the Bible was true. I never knew that being born again was a biblical term. Hmm. And so I had to come to terms with that myself, okay, do I really believe the Bible is true? And what about this? So at that point, I asked my wife to talk to me about the gospel. And she shared the gospel with me uh, that day, March 27, 1987, and I accepted the Lord. Amen. Wow. And I uh, was just uh, very right,
0: thankful. So looking back, I got two questions, for one for Jennifer and mm-hmm. one for Gretchen. Jennifer, if there's a lady listening to this podcast who may not have been praying like 10 years or 15 years, or how many every year, I have forgotten, Jack, how long you said it was. What is your advice to a wife uh, facing a similar situation you faced? You're, you're praying, you're taking God's word, you're living your faith the best you know, hmm. but still there's a barrier. Your husband's rejecting the Christ that you love. What advice would you give to her? right now
2: i would try as much as possible not to make that an issue and maybe i was wrong in this but this is the way it seemed that the lord led me that um if there's anything that i could go along with without compromising my relationship with the Mm -hmm. lord i did that it might not have been what i wanted in that situation but i i just said let's go with your plan I tried to, to go along with whatever he was doing as much as I could. I did not read my Bible in front of him because I knew it irritated him. Mm. I didn't have friends come to the house from church because that bothered him. So if I knew it bothered him, I didn't feel it was right for mm. me to do that if it wasn't absolutely necessary. That's provoking, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. tried to minimize sure. all those things, but when it came to two things, I, I would not give in. And one was that I was going to go to church mm. at least once a week. I was going to bring the kids with me, and I was going to teach them at home. Mm. Um, at night when I would put them to bed, I would read to them from the Bible and ask them questions and pray with them. And that really, really annoyed him a lot. Mm -hmm. But I would not not stop that. And sometimes he would be standing outside the door listening to what I was saying. And I knew he was there, and I knew it was not making him happy. But I felt like this was my responsibility before the Lord, was to be faithful to him with my attendance and my testimony to my kids and also to instruct them in in the nurture and admonition of the Lord because they didn't have that if I didn't do that.
0: All right, so so Gretchen, I know you've studied Peter's epistle a lot about Mm -hmm. those verses there with the wife, with an unbelieving husband. So what else would you add to that to encourage ladies that may be listening to this?
1: Well, I think that, and you you said it well, I think you did exactly right and that you honored your husband but you did the right thing you did the next right thing that you knew god wanted you to do and you obeyed god above your husband but you did not dishonor him and i think that's that's key in peter he talks about the woman whose husband is unsaved and then he also talks about in chapter three adorning yourself not adorning yourself with um, gold and pearls all that kind of stuff and the whole idea there is that you've got to grow spiritually and you were growing spiritually and God used that your honorable attitude to work in in your husband's life. So I I just think that's wow. wonderful. I think you did exactly yeah. what God would would have you do. You can always please God. There's never a contradiction there that that oh I've got to choose. No, you can always please God. And I think I think in doing those things you please God.
0: Uh, Jack, I got a question for you to wrap it up. How did you tell Jennifer? Did you pray with her? Did you pray when your faith placed in Christ and then you came home and told her? Just to wrap it up, so what happened? I mean, I know what happened. You, you came to Christ by faith, okay, saving faith. Well, How did
3: you tell her? Well, we, we talked, you know. We, uh, I read that verse, John 33. We talked about that and she shared the gospel with me in the same way that she had shared it before but this time you know god was working in my life Mm -hmm. and i understood it amen i understood it right right then that day and i said i i believe that now before i said i believe that almost 14 years before this and and i believed it in a different way right this time, I believed it in a personal way, that Jesus Christ died for my sin. That's what she explained to me. In the beginning, she was just safe. She didn't explain it that way. Not to say that she did anything wrong. I'm just saying in my mind, she didn't right. explain it that way. It, maybe she did, but I didn't hear it that way. So so at this point, now I saw the difference. It's a personal relationship with the Lord. It's and wonderful.
0: So, so I want to thank both of you. And so on our next podcast, we will introduce how God continued to lead them and uh, put them in the vocational ministry of serving Him all around the world. Jack, thank you. Jennifer, thank you. you. Gretchen, thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.